Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview health and wellness practitioners across the globe to see what sets them apart. You will find out why they not only teach and talk about health, but how they walk the walk as well. If you ever wanted to see what others are doing on a daily basis to get healthy and be able to implement in your life, then you're in the right place. Also, I'd like to invite you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com and take your free brain health quiz today to see where the health of your brain lies. And for taking the quiz, you will get a copy of my book for free, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski. And welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 46. In today's episode, I interview holistic health practitioner Patricia Garza Pinto. Be sure to stick around for the end to hear about Patricia's daily morning disciplines, drinking raw duck liver blood, as well as get a sneak peek into her upcoming book, Warrior Woman. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And on the line today, I have Patricia Gorzo-Pinto. And Patricia, the first question that I ask everybody is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less, please. <laughs> All right, 10 sentences or less, that means no uh, dissertation or thesis. No, I mean, All yeah, right. keep it, like, what were some of the main highlights like, that really sparked you on your adventure? Okay, um, the main highlight was uh, when I was approximately 20 years old. Yeah, I was a 20. My father, who was a drill instructor um, and competitive bodybuilder and boxer in the Marines, uh, was uh, my first teacher and guide. And he pulled me into the gym, literally into the men's side of the gym, because 36 years ago, women were not allowed in the men's side. And so uh, he dragged me in there uh, next to him side by side and started teaching me the um the basics of, you know, exercise, fitness, uh, bodybuilding. Like I said, he was a competitive bodybuilder, so this was his love. And especially as a drill instructor, um, you know, he had to be healthy and strong and fit. So um he took me in and I uh I started to, you know, discover at that time it was a connection with my father and it was something that I loved to do for myself. So that's how it started back in the days and since then I discovered that but that wasn't enough for me. Um, I kind of had a, I don't know, a spiritual awakening one time with my former former coach about four years ago, who happened to be a competitive bodybuilder as well, Calvin okay. Skolek. Yeah, he was uh, Arnold's tier at Gold Gym, and um, and we were training, and I realized this wasn't enough for me. I was I was getting a lot of injuries and hurt and pain and blah blah blah. So. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, I came across the Czech philosophy and lifestyle, and I knew that that was the next step I had to take, become a Czech uh, exercise coach and holistic lifestyle coach. So thank you, Paul Czech. Absolutely. I, I think a lot of people can say thank you, Paul Czech, too. Yeah, no doubt. I'm grateful for him living his purpose and dreams so that I could discover mine. What was something like? What was one of the biggest things that really just shifted for you? What, what big change did you make uh, in your life at that time? that really has helped turn you into the healthy person that you are today. Uh, wow. Nick, I could go really deep with that, but I won't because I want to freak people out. It'll come later hey, in the book. <laughs> you can, hey, if you want to talk about the book, no, like, the amazing, what is it, your amazing itty-bitty kill your body book? I mean, these 15 simple steps, like, 
if you want to talk about that a little bit or if you want to just expand on where you're at right now, any of yeah, the above would be great. Uh, yeah, let me let me kind of touch on those several subjects. In answer to your first question, um, I could go deep, but I'm not. I will say that um, although I have almost 37 years of experience in exercise and fitness for myself, it wasn't always a priority in my life. There was a time in my life when uh, I'll just say this one thing. When I was a seasoned drug trafficker and I had a near-death experience with two guns pointed to my head at four months pregnant and naked. Yeah, that was me. And oh my so, okay. Yeah, it's like, whoa, what the hell? It's like, here's a, the flip side of the coin is that what I, I wasn't always healthy and well. And I had to go through years of, of, you know, working out while I was stinking hungover, where I was, you know, sweating out alcohol and dragging ass in the gym. I was a party girl, but I was still doing the gym because mm-hmm. I was asleep and, and, and unconscious to my behavior and, and my movement. And then I just got to, I don't know, I had an epiphany in the shower. Actually, it was another spiritual awakening. And uh, I want to say that, you know, my heart opened like no other. I pretty much dropped to my knees and cried my heart out. I thought I was going to have a heart attack because the pain mm-hmm. was so intense. I didn't realize it was a, you know, great spirit touching me and saying, you know, lady, chica, I was in my early 20s. Yeah. This has got to stop. And, and then my soul told me, hey, you know what? I can't do this anymore. So then I cried out to a power greater than myself. And then gradually I started getting really uh, serious into my exercise and started to change my diet. So I think what happened in that case is I just got tired. I finally woke up to what, how I was and how I was feeling. And I wasn't feeling great. And I didn't love myself like I really lived the illusion that I thought I did. So I had that experience in the shower, no less, after being awake all night doing uh, copious amounts of cocaine, absolutely, my own stash. You know you're a drug addict when you're doing it by yourself. You don't need anybody to party with. Yeah. You know, hey, you can cut whatever you want out of this, but it's going to come out eventually because the mask has been removed. (laughs) So that was at the – I started to change my life and get back into the serious about my health and fitness and thought, well, this isn't working for me, this lifestyle, so I need to really get serious about my other lifestyle, exercise Mm -hmm. and fitness. So that's how it, I shifted in that regard. Hey, thank you for sharing that because people need to understand, like, no matter where you're at on, on your life's journey, like, your health can always change. Like, you can always put something else first. You can make those things. You can empower yourself. And Absolutely. I think that's something you can really speak to that because it sounds like that's something you've obviously had struggles with, but you've overcome that. Like, like were there any big steps that you took or, or anything in – in your own healing, in your own empowerment that have really turned you into who you are today? That's a good question. You know, and it's interesting, Nick. I often, I have to think about that often because, and I have in the past, because I know, you know, when my my little cable TV show is coming out, and I'll be asked these types of questions. Uh, I'm working on my forthcoming book, my Mm -hmm. Warrior Woman book, A Guide to Better Living. And um, I had to ask myself, how did this happen? Who and why and how. And all I can say is, is although my father and I are estranged right now, I'd have to say that he was the one that gave me the the discipline, the structure. He opened my eyes to a part of myself that I didn't know I had. Okay? So I yeah. would say, you know, somebody along the way, in, in a sense at that time, he was, at that particular time in my life, he was my angel, you know, sent to show me the way because, you know, later on you're going to take this and you're going to do something great with it. I didn't know I was at the time. So I'd have to say my father was a big part of that shift. Yeah. Uh, 
Jack LaLanne <laughs> back in the day. Jack okay, that's great. Jack LaLanne, yeah. I yeah. watched Jack LaLanne. I was always impressed with him. And, and, and then uh, all I can say other than that is just uh, it was a soul contract between me and Great Spirit. Hey, you know what? You're going to go through A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And most people are going to believe that about you, but you're going to go through A, B, and C so that you can accomplish um, X, Y, and Z. And along the way, guide other women who don't think they have the capacity or to pull themselves up by their bootstraps through their, you know, experiential yeah. lifetime. So, no, and, uh, yeah. And, and Patricia, like, would you mind expanding them either on, like, uh, your your healing book, your warrior woman book? Okay. Because you're talking about, like, I think, feel like being in touch with women and uh, yeah. I, I'm interested to like see what that's like for you. Uh, okay, thank you for asking, Nick. Yeah. The itty bitty book thing that was um, somebody in one of my business networking groups, which I highly recommend when you're trying to start your business and and meet and greet okay. and to build a brand name. Uh, marketing um, groups are important, in my experience. And anyway, in this case, I met a woman through there who was you know bringing up all these books. Um, this new idea of all these little itty bitty books on different subjects. I liken mm-hmm. it to I will liken it to the dummy books. You know, gardening for dummy, cooking Absolutely. for dummy, computers for yeah. dummy. Those those did very well. They went you know worldwide, different languages, and they're they were a big huge hit. Well, her idea is itty bitty book, except a different topic. So she knew that I was in health and fitness. So I thought, heck, man, I can do that. You know, it's a life I'm living yeah. anyway. I can just sit down and, and write simple, you know, and they had uh, requirements. It, it could only be 15 chapters, only mm-hmm. two pages each. Uh, the first page, just simple paragraphs, and then the last part of it, tips. So uh, that's what happened with that book. And my idea with that was it has to be simple. I mean, you know, people that are out there listening to this that are Czech practitioners that have studied under Paul, we know how in depth and intense it can get and the general oh layman goodness, yes. would, yeah yeah the general layman wouldn't understand that but my point is i had to make this book as simple as possible because i was very limited in my requirements from my publisher so mm-hmm. i said okay what do you see i see a woman this is going to sound really trippy and maybe even gross somebody out but no, i envisioned yeah i envisioned a, a morbidly obese you know, 350-pound woman living mm-hmm. in the heart of the Midwest in a trailer park with six children. So so to me, what that means is she doesn't take care of herself. She's so disconnected from her mind and her body and her soul. Those children are running her rampant. They're probably, based on the size of the mother, all eating pure crap, highly processed junk, toxic food. Um, nobody's uh, sharing with them, obviously, or at least giving them a choice and educating them with some basic knowledge. So what am I going to do? I'm going to write a little book that this woman can have in her hands, and if it means she takes that book and she goes and locks her bathroom door and sits on the toilet and starts reading one chapter at a time, and she says to herself, wow, I can do this one. I can do that tip. Yeah, I can do that. Then you know what? God bless her, and I did my job. She can start changing her life one tip at a time. So that's how I envisioned creating that little book. Excellent. Like you said, you're, are you working on, or is it already like in production here with the, the Warrior Woman book? I am currently uh, working on this. It's it's uh, in the birthing process. Uh, that is um, that's a deeper deeper book in that. Well, obviously the itty bitty is just a tiny simple tips, and course, this one yeah. goes into. Yeah, this one goes into a little more depth, but, Nick, at the same time, I, I must keep it simple for two reasons. I shared this with Wayne Daniels the other day, who's a, a level four practitioner and also yeah. my uh, my partner. 
And they said, you know, I, in my experience of Wayne, I'm going to go off subject for a second here. Um, he's a brilliant <laughs> man. Yeah, he's a brilliant man. Um, and he's got a lot to share. And yeah. I, parts of me, uh, parts of me initially felt, you know, intimidated by my experience of him because in my experience of him, he's so brilliant with this stuff and this movement and how he's created his aspect of it. And I said, damn, you know, it's so easy for him because he's got this brilliant genius mind. Matter of fact, he was beating, um, um, adult men at chess at five years old. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> but anyway, that's a little secret. And the other thing is, is that, um, for me, I had to keep it simple because my gift is is expressing it simply as it resonates with me. You know, give me the frickin' basics, but I want to do those basics. I want to do them the best of my ability. So this Warrior Woman book came to me when actually I think the first time it came to me, the idea was when I was I was living in Laguna Beach, which is a very exclusive coastal community at one time, mm-hmm. and I remember leaving early in the morning. I don't know to head to the airport to travel somewhere. And I, I saw this uh, this Mexican woman sitting uh, on a bench, and it was freezing cold outside. It was very dark, you know, not quite morning light hours. And she looked very cold. And I looked at her, and like with compassion in my heart, and I thought, oh, my God. I thought, this woman is getting her. If she's here in this beautiful mansion coastal community, then that means mm-hmm. she had to leave her house even earlier and drag herself out of bed uh, feed herself, clothe herself, whatever, to go to somebody else's house, clean their toilet, you mm-hmm. know. And I thought, wow, what what kind of a woman is that? And I thought, wow, you know what? For me, it meant that she had a lot of substance and she was very strong, deep within her soul, you know. And yeah. and so that was the the beginning of how I started to think about these and appreciate my experience of of other women. And then I started because I'm going through my own healing, and I would offer that. If we're holistic lifestyle coaches, then we can't help anybody until we look at our own shit and dig deep and get to the heart of that healing. Because what yeah. good are we if we can't heal ourselves? It's like having a fat doctor like Paul talks about or a dentist <laughs> that's got crappy teeth. Like you really want him working on you can't, you know, pay, physician heal thyself. <laughs> Holistic health practitioner heal thyself and then go out and help heal the world. So anyway, that said, I was doing, I do a lot of internal work and uh, and face my shit in the depths of my dark nights of the soul every once in a while. And uh, while I was in that space, I wrote a poem and I, I started to cry when I wrote it. And it's called Rise, Warrior Woman, Rise, because I thought about my mother, how she raised seven children on her own. Um, I thought about uh, my grandmother who raised 13. I thought about other women that struggle, that don't have any support, but yet, you know, they manage to pull themselves up through their inner strength. Uh, yeah. And who who's there for them? Yeah, who's there to help them out? And so that's how this poem came about. And then from the poem, which was very, very heart-centered and heartfelt, it was actually a very healing poem for me to write. Then I started to pay attention and be aware of the women that I was meeting in my life, especially going out to these networking groups and to other events where healers are present, you know, um, you know, like uh, holistic health seminars or workshops or fairs, whatever. Mm-hmm. I started to come, become aware that most women between the ages of 40 and earlier, but I'm going to say 40 and 65 because I, I'm 56. I'll be 57 in July. So I was thinking about my age group. Most of them that I came across and witnessed and experienced were overweight, they were lethargic, they were burning the kettles at both ends, they were wiped out, uh, they suffered from depression, whether mild or heavy, 
Um, they uh, were insomniacs. They were unhealthy. They were not fit. And they were unhappy in their jobs or their relationships. And I would look at them, and it started to resonate with me. And I thought, oh, my God, it doesn't have to be this way. It's like <sighs> I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to jump at the at the rooftops and on the top of the mountain. Ladies, it doesn't have to be this way. We have a choice. I can help you. I know I can because I did it for yeah. myself. You know, so that's how that started. That's oh, so awesome. I thought, you know what? Yeah, and then plus I would I would kind of joke with Wayne and, and in jest I was serious, but I'd say, you know what? When we'd wake up at four or five, six o'clock in the morning, actually closer to five or five thirty, we'd wake up and, and we we do our daily disciplines and I and I was in the middle of my corrective stretch one morning and I said, You know, I said, if people had a camera on us and saw what we did every day in our disciplines, they would either join us happily, merrily, or they'd run in the opposite direction because it takes a lot of work and commitment and discipline, you know? Absolutely. And so, yeah, so I thought I'm going to take what I do and I'm going to share it with other women. I'm going to take the program I actually embody on my for my life transformation and my health and wellness. I'm going to share that and it's going to be, you know, for the warrior woman. Because we're not victims anymore. We're not even frickin' survivors. We are warriors. And, you know, the divine feminine, <laughs> now, now is the time for the divine feminine to rise and step into her power. Because it's always been there, Nick. It's just that we've forgotten the path. We've forgotten the way. We've we've been seduced by everything around us and have given ourselves away to our children, to our family, to our careers. And I'm not saying our children don't need us or our families. I'm just saying we need to find that healthy balance within ourselves. Put the oxygen mask on ourselves first before we can go out and help anybody else because that plane is going to go down. Whether it's going to be going down with somebody who's conscious or unconscious because they didn't have the oxygen mask on, that remains to be seen. But we do have a choice. That is beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, oh, shit. Now, Patricia, would you mind sharing what any of those like even morning disciplines or like daily disciplines that oh, really gladly. resonate with you uh, are? Yes, uh, and once again, I want to thank Paul Check for this. <laughs> the first thing I do is uh, wake up, you know, literally mostly when it's dark. This morning I got out of bed, I believe, probably about 10 minutes after 5. So it's still mm-hmm. lovely and dark, which is when I function the best in the early morning hours. So get up, you know, uh, I, I find my favorite spot, and, uh, and I, I put out my little sheepskin area rug, mm-hmm. and uh, I do my corrective stretching. So I'm stretching for approximately 20 to 30 minutes, depending on my morning and my appointments and my day, but at least 20 minute workout or 20 minute stretch. And then after the stretch, um, which first of all is more than most people stretch like in an entire week. Like that's, that's unheard of. Like, to put that much time into stretching daily, let alone like oh. for like that's ungodly amounts of stretching. But it's really, really not like that's like you said that's just a corrective form. Which yes, I, I want people to hear that. Like okay, that's what you do on a daily basis, not like a weekly or a monthly basis. This is yeah, very important to maintain that optimal alignment Absolutely. of the body. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that, Nick. Yeah, thank you for that because. You know, when when we get assessed, you know, especially as the Czech practitioners, uh, we assess uh, mm-hmm. others and ourselves, and we know where we're at. We know what our limitations are, what our imbalances are. And then the next thing after the assessment is our corrective stretching program design. Well, that is the Bible, I feel. That is part of, one of the chapters in the Bible is the corrective stretching. So before I, I started practicing this, you know, Czech philosophy and lifestyle, 
um, I was stretching like a, a monkey, you know. I didn't know mm-hmm. what the hell I was doing. I was arching my back. I was, you know, didn't know how long. And, and, and I didn't even know what needed stretching. Right, um, right. And, it was just, oh, everybody touch it, bend over, touch your toes, stretch yeah. your toes. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. And Absolutely. Just go about it. Like, I, okay, I'm good. Yeah, yeah we, we go about it unconsciously, Nick. Yeah. See, we don't know what it means to be in the body and to pay attention to the body and to feel certain tingles or warmth or, you know, I remember, you know, Wayne, Wayne also gave me my first uh, corrective stretching program and assessment mm-hmm. years ago. And, and he gave me my program design for stretching and I met with him twice a week. And he said, uh, you know, I remember that, like the first week, how's your stretching going? Oh uh, yeah. How about the dollars? <laughs> because I hated, I hated to stretch. I hated to stretch. And then and I, um, I agree. With you. I still do, but it doesn't mean that I don't make the time to do it. Okay, okay. I, I would like to offer something in a second here. Um, but then Ooh. after I, you know, probably about, I, I think honestly, I'm going to admit, you guys, because we're all on this journey together. And like mm-hmm. I said the other day, life is life is in session for me and for you. We're all yeah. students here. Um, so that said, it took me about a month until I came to realize. Until I made a commitment to myself, and I thought, okay, you're disciplined and all sort of stuff. You've grown up with a freaking drill instructor as a father. You, you know, discipline <laughs> instructor. So get your ass in there. At the time, I had a private gym in my uh, my home, my former residence. Some mm-hmm. clients came and saw me there, and I said, go in your room in the in the gym, shut the door, put on your favorite music, look at the clock. You're not leaving that room until you go through every single one of these corrective stretches that were prescribed for you. So I did that. Went in there, and then as soon as I started to, I made the commitment to do it, and then mm-hmm. I was in the stretches, and I started being present to my breath because it's not just about unconsciously moving. This is mm-hmm. very, very important. I'm, I, I can't reiterate enough because I moved unconsciously for most of my life, and it wasn't until um, probably the last uh, several years that I, I started to learn what it means to be in my body when when I'm moving, whether it's through uh, strength conditioning or hiking up a hill or stretching or whatever. Um, and I recall being, you know, being very present during my stretching. And then all of a sudden I started to feel the energy rise. I didn't know what it was at the time. And mm-hmm. I started to feel like, like, whoa, wow, that feels kind of cool. What is that feeling? I'd never experienced it before. And then I came to understand, wow, your body's waking up. And then I realized that's energy, you know, and I thought, oh, my God, in the midst of this stretch, because I'm being uber conscious about my body and trying to be in my body, I'm connecting on myself with myself on a deeper level. This is really powerful, yeah. you know, and that's when it came to me. So, uh, yeah, so I would offer next time you go uh, drag I your... I feel like you've sorry, already changed but... my state of mind on stretch, and you really have, Patricia. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being open to it, see? And that's another thing. You know, I know a lot of people that, that won't be open to it. If you're if you're closed, then forget it. You're not going to move I, forward. But if you have an mm-hmm. open mind, then, then you can take yourself anywhere. Well, when you were saying that, for me, it's... I, I just had this, uh, like, almost an epiphany as we're... As I'm listening to you, I don't think I can stretch inside anymore. I think I'm going to have mm-hmm. to do it outdoors. Like, when you said, like, you you lay down, like, uh, I'm sorry, was it a sheepskin? Yes. The sheepskin, like, yes. where, like you have that favorite place. Like, I, I know, like, I might have to do it where I do my Tai Chi, like under my Tai Chi tree because okay. it, it, it just, like, it spoke to me. When you, when you kind of just putting these together, um, 
Because if I do out in, like, I have a garage in my gym, like, that's where I do my any of my training. But when I'm there, I'm in my training mindset. Like, I'm there, I, yeah. I love the lift heavy. Like, that's what I'm going to do. But when I'm in over doing my Tai Chi, like, in that area, I, I have that different energy about it. And for that, it's a much more restorative feeling. And I might have to shift that up. That might actually make it a lot easier for me to go and yeah. just easily do. So thank you very much for sharing that. I You're welcome. It. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And, and it's funny that you brought the outdoors because after I do my stretching, I walk out into the backyard, rain or shine, and the coldest, because I always check the temperature now that we're you know, in the heart, getting close to the heart of winter. Uh, mm-hmm. The coldest, it was uh, outside, it was 43 degrees, and I'm out there in, in a long sleeve cotton t shirt, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a hat on my head, uh, no gloves, barefoot, and some light pants. And go outside right after the breath work or the uh, stretch and go do the Qigong breath work. You know, um, we learned the basics from Paul, stork and flight and, and stuff and the stork. Mm-hmm. And so I shift it up. I play with it. And it's interesting because um, and, and with my breath work, which we know it brings in the life force energy, it's a beautiful way. And, and, and I'm a shamanic pra- practitioner as well. So what I do out there is is I set a very, very powerful intention. As a matter of fact, this morning when I was out there, I started to recite. I recited it verbally with my breath. So I inhaled and then thought about what I was going to, my shamanic prayer, calling in all the directions. And then I exhaled the phrase, inhale and then call, you know. So anyway, I, I don't just go out and breathe um, unconsciously. That it also, Nick, is is very important in my experience and more powerful to learn how to be in your body you know, it's like, wow, you know, what does that feel like? Where where, where am I? Can I bring that energy down into my stomach? And, you know, ooh, I'm going to I'm gonna bring the energy in the lungs now. You know, I'm going to really ground myself and, and, and get really connected with Pachamama, you know, Mother Earth, Gaia, and bring in that energy up to the, the ground, the, the molten lava up into my body. And, ooh, it's like... Woo, Bruce Lee, watch out. (laughs) But but so I use the Qigong and the breath work. I like to call it breath work because I've created my own version of it um, based on what I learned from my teacher and and teachers. And uh, so I I use it as a walking meditation. You know, I do my uh, shamanic uh, calling in the four directions. And and the other, you know what, Nick, I got to tell you, I'm going to wear my heart on my sleeve right now and be vulnerable. Last week, I uh, was in the middle of my breath work, and all of a sudden I started to get very emotional. Oh, God, my eyes started welling up with tears, and I thought, what is going on? And I thought, just be with it, just be with it, you know, stay with it. And uh, and I looked over, because I'm blessed to have a huge ficus tree, and I mean, that tree, this house that I lived in is 80 years old, so I know that tree, based on the roots that it's showing and, and how thick and fat they are, ficus trees start really thin and tiny little Mm-hmm. you know, seedlings, whatever. Um, it's a very old, powerful tree with a lot of energy. And then there's an old banana tree next to it. And then I have this big, huge whispering willow and then this other pine so next to the rock stack. So I was led to go towards the rock stack direction. So I just, just started following and I was staring right at the tree. I don't know what kind of tree it is. But anyway, I got to it and I just stopped my breath work and uh, I reached out to the tree and I brought one of the leaves to my cheek and held it there. Oh my God, it's getting me emotional as I talk about it. And connected with it on a heart, the the deepest heart level. And I started to cry, but it wasn't like a bad cry. It was like, yeah. oh my God, thank you so much. 
you know, Gaia, Pachamama, this beautiful life force energy for sharing your energy with me so that I can go out and do, you know, my healing. So I can I can do what you're doing for me now. You're bringing a healing to me, beautiful tree. Thank you. You know, we were in each other's auric field and it was very powerful. So, you know, we can go out there and we can do breath work unconsciously or we can really open up our hearts and our mind and our soul and connect with what this beautiful universe has to offer us. So that's part of my second daily discipline. It's the stretching and then the breath work. And, <laughs> and, and uh, I, I love this. Like We're going so in-depth in these because people need to understand that these can have that much power. They really are that important for your health and can really just give you that vitality that you're looking for. Yes, no doubt. I mean, you know, when 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 we're upset, you know, somebody's pissed or depressed, you know, go sit outside by a tree and just breathe. Give yourself 10 minutes and see what happens. You got to be open to it though. Absolutely. You know, I mean, people can sit out, I'm pissed off and I don't go sit by this tree. Give it effing tree. What good yeah, is that? Yeah, and that's it. Okay, right. you know, it's, it's going to take you as far as you think it's going to take you. So I, I offer that people open up their hearts and be vulnerable. And man, that's when the magic happens in my experience. So you ask me about my discipline. So I start with my stretching and I go and do my breath work. If I have time, based on my morning schedule, mm-hmm. I'll come and do, I'll get right into my, uh, I have a far infrared hot so, uh, dry sauna in my backyard. I'll do that. Right. It's the same one that Paul recommends, uh, the health mate. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, after the hot sauna, a cold shower, uh, expansion and contraction. Um, and then I come into the kitchen and have a beautiful organic veg- uh, breakfast with, uh, you know, based on my genetic metabolic type, my primal pattern eating. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything is, is right for my body. And and even the, the food, you know, the food is eaten consciously. The food is prepared consciously. It's, you know, uh, all the macronutrient ratios are there. You know, obviously my protein, my my good healthy fats, my carbs, uh, uh, fermented raw fermented uh, food for probiotics and digestions and enzymes. What did, what did you have um, for breakfast this morning, Patricia? <laughs> ah, I should have taken a picture of it. I had the most beautiful little uh, roasted chicken, pasture-raised roasted chicken that I had just. I massaged some uh, extra virgin raw olive oil into the uh, all over the body of the chicken, mm-hmm. and um, and then I put some spices and roasted it in the oven. Um, and then halfway through, I drizzled more olive oil on it. And this is a secret because it makes it extra moist. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so then uh, I had uh, chicken. I had um, oh, uh, sauerkraut, so there's my fermented food. I had half an avocado, mm-hmm. uh, my good quality fat. I had uh, on my salad, every single breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I have a raw salad. So I had chicken, a salad, I had a a sauerkraut, I had avocado, and I had uh, just a small amount of carbs in in my sweet potatoes and beets. Um, I'm trying to think if I had anything else. I mean, my mouth is watering already just listening. (laughs) (laughs) But but Nick, I'm grateful you asked me about that because people freak out too. And I say, you know, they ask me what I had for breakfast or dinner. I said, you know, I said, I'm huge on organ meats, man. I said, first of all, know your farmer. Yeah, and organ meats, and and I'll have to, and, and and just to show you, to prove it to you, I'll probably sh- send you a video later. But um, getting the organ meats from your local farmer and, uh, yeah. and cooking them up, and honestly eating them as raw as you can. No, the, if you, the dense if you could send a video, like I'll, I'll post that like on the show notes with this, so that everybody could check that out. That would be fantastic. Okay, okay, because one time I, I did a impromptu video uh, when I was out of town. 
some of my tribe at a holistic uh, workshop. Um, it, and actually, I'd like to throw in that JP was there. So I want to say that I I, uh, I knew JP when he was just a little guy. <laughs> now he's getting big and famous. <laughs> but anyway, um, and I made a video and I took uh, some duck liver from the farmer's market and it was in a package and I cut the package open and I poured a little bit of the, the blood into a cup Mm-hmm. And uh, I took a sip of the cup in front of the camera because it was literally the raw blood yeah. and the liver. And then I, I sliced the liver very thinly, sprinkled a little bit of sea salt on it, and ate it. And I said, oh, my God, it was phenomenal. You oh, know? Goodness. I said, but it, it would gross a lot of people out. But those same people that grossed out, I would offer the people that, you know, like to eat overcooked meat that's from a conventional farm. So oh. when you really no, it's, it's, when you really understand the value, the nutritional density of this, then you oh wouldn't goodness, be grossed yeah. out for the most part, I guess. Anyway. No, that's why even, even before we got on the call here, I, I actually took out uh, a few uh, marrow bones to defrost so that I can eat Ooh. those. Because mm. Bone marrow is my absolute favorite food in the world. I'll take uh, yeah. a little bit of Celtic sea salt, sprinkle it on top, like I'll scoop it out, and I'll just uh-huh. slice it up and have that by itself. Sometimes I'll roast it, but just having it raw, too, is absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. Good for you. I'm going to have to steal that idea from you. I usually roast it, but I haven't had the bone marrow raw. Sounds lovely. So was there anything else that you wanted to expand upon on your uh, morning disciplines there? Um, yeah, you know, there's. Uh, I, I said the meditation usually, well, that's I consider it a walking meditation when I'm doing my breath work. So, you know, then you think about it, you know, I, you've got the, uh, the principles and the, the lifestyle is the food, the movement. Uh, and then I go to the, the facility, my, my facility, and, and work out. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a whole different subject because the workouts are, are very conscious as well. And, uh, yeah, so the breath work, stretching, corrective, uh, and breathing, uh, eating for your, you know, your primal pattern, body type, yeah. um, meditation, prayer, um, and then the movement. And then so, you know, um, I only – people are going to freak out when I say this too – um, at least I've been told before, wow, you only work out two or three days a week? People think I work out every single day, especially mm-hmm. at my age. And I said, no, I, I only work out two or three days a week. And I think part of that, Nick, is because for most of my life uh, during my exercise experience, I, I always mm-hmm. did hardcore, like, bodybuilding-type workouts. So I've got, Absolutely. you know, some, yeah, just basic general muscle tone. And and, and at this point in my life, I don't want to be big like that anymore anyway. I just want to be functional mm-hmm. and, and healthy-looking. So I have lost a lot of muscle tone, but I'm still strong and I'm still healthy and functional. So uh, the movement is very important. And uh, uh, the thing about the movement is I'm honestly, I feel blessed to say that, you know, Wayne Daniels also has trained me. And and although he's my partner and my business partner, I still have high regard for his ability and how he's created a different ideology, a different paradigm with the movement itself. And uh, he's taught me to open up to parts of myself through the movement that I would have never experienced before. And it's very different, very different. Um, it's not your typical meathead stuff, uh, which is fine. Like I said, I did that for many years, too, right. and I loved it, you know. You know what, Nick? I tell you, I'm only 5'3", and mm-hmm. I like to. I used to like to boast, and I guess a part of me still does because I'm going to mention it. Okay. And back in the day, when, yeah, back in the day when I was my strongest, I was on the hack squat machine pushing eight 45-pound plates. 
I think that's a lot of weight for a little 5'3". Uh, I would say, yeah, because there's, there's not much to you, right? And to be able to push that kind of weight around is pretty good. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? At that time, though, Nick, when I pushed that kind of weight, I was not integrated. I was right. not integrated. I was using all my big prime muscle movers and hanging off my joints, and that's the difference now. My workouts are so different. And, yeah. you know, even doing a even doing a jackknife properly in, in the way I was taught to do it, by weight is is very challenging, mm-hmm. and you know I say try sucking that navel in the spine and sucking up those testes or ladies the coochie and and holding it there and searching searching while you're doing a proper jackknife. I mean it takes a lot of neurological response and it, it's you know we don't need a lot of weight based on you no. know, the style and it of gives training. An amazing connection with the body doing it that way too. Absolutely, absolutely wakes up parts of myself that were very much asleep and sometimes emotionally. Yeah. No, truly, you know. I yeah. Mean, I, I experienced, I was doing deadlifts probably a, a few months ago, one of the times I was doing them a few months ago, and I was, uh, it was like, ah, okay, today's deadlift day. So I was kind of resisting it, but even so, we always face ourselves and just get it done, right? You know that. Got to go to the gym, got to do this. And I remember walking up to the hacks or to the uh, squat bar and I thought, okay, you really don't want to do this right now, but you're going to do it. And then I started to bring in my father, you know, the ego of my father. I thought, and then I even said to myself, okay, dad, this one's for you. And my dad's in prison right now, and I'll share that sometime another time or in the mm-hmm. book. But, but anyway, the point is, is I thought if he's probably in prison, if he if he can, I know he's working out. So I thought this is for you, dad, behind bars, and and it was actually for myself. And I went in to do the to do my first deadlift. And I started to cry. And then I paused for a split second consciously and I thought, who the hell cries while they're doing deadlifts? Mm-hmm. And then I thought, this is the, because you're getting so in-depth into your body with this movement and you're waking these parts up that this emotion is coming up. It's a healing. Right. You know, the movement that we do at, 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 at Motion is, is very healing and you're still functional and you're still strong. It's a different paradigm shift, I'm telling you. So that's great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Well, Patricia, uh-huh. I, I know I know you have to get going. So there's two quick questions that I want to finish up with. Yes. And these are what I ask everybody who comes on the show. And first one is, who would you want to hear on this podcast, and what would you want to hear them talk about, or what would you want to ask them? Who would I want on that podcast? Yeah. Who would you want to hear? Love to have Paul check on it. <laughs> Paul check. Okay. And what would what? Okay. What is something you would want him to either expand upon or what question would you ask him? Mm, I have to think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how does he get, How does he feel being a father at fifty-three years old, whatever he is? <laughs> I think that would be a great thing. Have to, you know, and and how how is his life? Yeah, how is his life going to change uh, or not? Um, and and what is his uh, intention in terms of le- leaving his legacy for his son? And is it going to change? You know. Because uh, okay. we plan, we all plan, and God laughs, right? For sure. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's, that's a actually, beautiful thing. Yeah, but not honestly. If if you know, I know Paul's swamped and busy and stuff, and we know he's yeah. got a very packed schedule. But uh, Wayne Daniels, I would love for you to have Wayne Daniels on your show. And what I okay. ask him to talk about, I would ask him to talk about what conscious movement means to him and how does he do it. That's what I would ask. Because you know Excellent. I've been training and it's it's changed my life and continues to change my life. So thank you for asking. For sure.
for sure. And thank you for the those responses. I, I'm gonna have to get a hold of them and uh, get get these uh, questions answered here. And cool, but, Patricia. Last thing I ask everybody: What is the one non-negotiable health habit you have and you never compromise on? Oh wow! Eat the purest food. Eating the purest food. That is perfect. I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Can I change that answer? Because I know you're very. Well, you I'd love to, to say. It. Please. Yeah, let, let's add to it because I know I'm a former restaurant review critic and every once in a while I like to go and get my restaurant on, but I yeah. still choose optimally to the best of my you know ability um, or I won't eat it. But the point is, is, is sleep, man. You got to get that sleep. Those I don't compromise my sleep. Those are certainly some popular answers. Yeah. What, what does sleep mean yeah. to you? Is that, is that always eight hours? Is that seven hours? Or is it depends what your body needs? No, for me, I, I, I mean, it's, you know, in, be, in by 10, uh, up by 6, but oftentimes I wake up earlier, mm-hmm. and I think that's just because I really want to, you know, live my purpose and dream, and I'm excited to get up and start writing or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's probably on average, uh, I'm going to say six hours, although eight's optimal. But yeah. you know what? I, I think that just depends on where everybody is in their life as well and what's going on. So, I don't know. We'll see. Talk well, to me in what, 30 years, and I'll tell you what sleep meant for me. All right. We'll have to get you on, back on the show in 30 years and see what the answer is all <laughs> But uh, okay. where can our listeners find more about you? So if they have any questions for you, if they're looking to see some of this stuff that you're talking about, where can they find your work? They can find us, uh, my work at the, my website, which is um, evolvethroughmotion.com. Evolvethroughmotion.com. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, you know, we have uh, all our contact information there, you know, obviously phone numbers and email addresses. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, I, I don't have a problem with anybody calling me directly or, you know, with any questions. My my phone's uh, on our email address on our website as well. So there you have it, yeah. everybody. Go Evolve ahead and check out. Yeah, Evolve Through Motion there. I'll put those links in the show notes for everybody. Again, Patricia, thank you so much for the time. This was a great chat, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Nick. You have a wonderful day, too. I appreciate it. Talk to you again some other time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.